Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Right here on 104 now the horn. It is a new theme Thursday. That's when Patrick plays certain songs that are supposed to provide clues and hints for Harge and I that lead us to the uh, new theme of the day. And the new theme for today is the uh, celebration of uh, what would have been the birthday for Chris Cornell, one of the great uh, rock singers of our time. And uh, a lot of folks on the Specs text line love this new theme Thursday, Patrick. So shout out to you. Coming up with the musically themed days of the week for us all. You can always hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. He's, he's, uh, he's, belting, he's belting in this one. He's belting it. This is uh, some uh, solo Chris Cornell. Oh, I can tell. Man. Okay, what's the name of this one? Uh, Sun Shower. Sun Shower. All right. There you go. Um, certainly, extremely, uh, extraordinarily talented uh, individual. So I, I apologize. What's that? Uh, that meme out there was I wasn't familiar with your skills, Sh- Shaq. Me, Sha- I, apologize. <laughs> I apologize. I was not familiar with your skills. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how I feel. That's how I feel right now yeah, too. Like I apologize. I wasn't familiar. My with bad, your skills. people. Uh, okay, uh, we got uh, a couple of topics that I want to get to here in this segment. Uh, first. Yeah, the Caden Stearns tweeting. We'll get to these pro football focus offensive line rankings. Um, for those who didn't see, and shout out to my man CB because he he uh, put it out there. Um, he brought it to my attention, I should say. So Caden uh, Stearns was responding to a tweet from my man Doc at Doc underscore Texas, who threw out a, a question about who had a better freshman season between Caden Stearns and Xavier Worthy, and Caden Stearns responded saying, "I'd say X for show." He broke all types of records. If I'm being honest, dot, dot, I still live in a world of regret for not playing how I should have at Texas. With that said, dot, dot, give me a better coaching and give me a better coaching and strength staff (laughs) when I'm there and I would have had a field day uh, emoji blowing a little smoke. Wow. Okay, it's a little shot at Tom Herman and that strength staff that they didn't get him right. I will say. He had one of the greatest freshman seasons in the history of Texas football, and he did regress. Now it is hard for him to continue to improve and, you know, on that performance considering how good of a season's freshman season was, but he, he didn't even really remain consistent with that performance. That was a significant regression from his freshman campaign um, to his sophomore and his junior years, and I think a big part of that was either that he was, first of all, he was being, he, he was, was undeveloped, right, underdeveloped, I should say that, so he wasn't being developed, and it comes out later on that Kane Stearns wasn't that happy. Right. Um, 
here at Texas. Um, and all and, and with his teammates, he was happy. But um, there are certain situations where the eyes of Texas happened. Yep. And he's, he, he's, he made a statement about the eyes of Texas. Longhorn fans didn't appreciate it. At least some of them didn't appreciate it. So uh, I think Kate Turns was ready to leave uh, by the time he uh, decided to declare for the NFL draft. But there's make no mistake about it, and he's right about having that regret because if you looked at his freshman season and then started projecting him as a player, you would have thought we were watching the start of the greatest career in the history of DBU. Yep. That's how it started. Now, that's not how it ended. No, it was not. <laughs> it was they, not. On social media, they have that, this is how it started, this is how it ended. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like with Caden Stearns, like, it started, <laughs> he was the wolf of DBU. He's the wolf of DKR. He was we were, the like, wolf. playing, like, wolf howls when he make plays, like, oh! And the fans would howl when he made a play. That's how beloved he was his freshman year. We loved the Wolf of DKR. Mm-hmm. And then by the time he left, it was like, this is how it started, this is how it finished. Nobody was howling. They were yelling at him. Yeah, screaming was, at him. Yeah. Get out of here! <laughs> get out of here! Why is he on the field? If you don't love Texas, then get yeah. the hell out of here, man. Get out of here. Transfer! <laughs> but you don't get any NIL. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just a very it was a, a strange experience for Caden Stearns. Um, but I'll give you a stat that is mind-blowing. You go look at uh, freshmen, true freshmen who came to Texas and were able to make first team all conference as a true freshman. I only, based on my research, I only found three of them. Okay. Earl Campbell, Caden Stearns, and Xavier Worthy. Like it. Earl Campbell, Caden Stearns, and Xavier Worthy. Xavier Worthy. Now, Kelvin Banks should have made it last year. Agreed. Kevin Banks should have made it last year. They, they, I don't, that that was that was a travesty. I don't know why they decided to give that young man a shaft because they wanted to make a point to Texas, but that was ridiculous. I mean, yeah, <laughs> he definitely should have made it. He didn't. He was a second team All uh, Big Twelve offensive lineman, which you know nothing to sneeze at. That's still really impressive. But considering he went up against, I would say he only gave up. I won't say he only gave up four sacks all year. I think that is correct. I think that is what I, I remember, too. I have my too. stack of notes here. I'll get the stats. Told y'all he had notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, I wrote it down because it, it's just mind-blowing how good he was as a player. But he should have gotten it. And honestly, the truth is, and I think we all know this, but I think Longhorn fans are happy it didn't happen. Bijan Robinson, if he would have been given the opportunity and been given the ball as a true freshman, mm-hmm. he would have been a first team all big 12 as as a true freshman he was given the ball from the jump and was named the starter which he should have been he would have been given you know because by the way i wouldn't shot keontae ingram was the starter was that keontae the starter, that starter. so keontae i'm not hating no keontae ingram keontae ingram was a good player Hell, he's played, in the league got drafted yeah to yeah. play in the league good yep. player but b john robinson was transcendent you know yep so he was a prodigy so honestly b john probably should have been starting now in retrospect crazy to say that um but he would have made it on that list, too. Okay, here's Kelvin Banks. Here's my Kelvin Banks stat. So, Kelvin Banks, 13 starts. He allowed two sacks. So, I was wrong. Two sacks. Oh, my bad. That was it. <laughs> yeah. He allowed two sacks. That was all. 12 pressures total. To, and, and you go look, and that was versus, uh, you go look at it overall, him as a player, versus those elite pass rushers, the four first-round picks from last season. Mm-hmm. He allowed zero sacks versus that group. And four total pressures with zero penalties. He's a stud. Just a just stud. So he should have been, been disrespected by pro football yeah. focus. So should have been five, but it's only three. And Caden Stearns is one of those three. So, yeah. man, he, he, he didn't just have dog in him. He had that wolf in him. <laughs> he wolf had that of dog DKR. in him. He had that wolf in him, man. He was howling at you. My, remember, my crazy. wolf was not that good. 
Yeah, yeah. The, my wolf wasn't that good in the very beginning. The wolf in him. Yeah. Yeah. So. He, he's a definitely a player that has gone on. And it's always funny to me because people look at his comments and then they were like, man, you made it to the league. Why are you always mad about that? That wasn't what the question was. He was responding to a question that was posed on social media. Yes. So when he gives that answer and you and people go at him still, like, oh, man, you got a grudge. No, he's telling you. I would have been better. I felt like I could have been better. I could have done more. Yeah. And you brought up a great you point. You did more. good your freshman year when you got here. Didn't seem to develop that much. But then you get in the league and now you balling again? He's balling again. Yeah, it, was, it goes back to the point mm-hmm. of why he said what he said. And he meant what he said. So that is a, that's the part that I always question when everybody jumps in somebody else's conversation because they were asked something. And he responded to the question that yeah. was asked. It was yeah, it wasn't mean spirited at no, all. No, not think at he, all. I think he was being honest. He was yes, just, he was being very forthcoming, and he and he obviously being very gracious too. He said X Man exactly. X Man would have had a better. He said season. I would have been better um, if I'd have got to this point. So yeah, I'm not, I have no problem with that at all. Uh, I I think Caden Stearns will be um, more. I think there'll be more appreciation for him in retrospect. And I said he would go to the league and he'd be awesome in mm-hmm, the league. Mm-hmm. And he has been awesome so far in the league. He's been a really good player. Okay, uh, since we were talking uh, Texas football, we can kind of stick with it. So SEC media days are happening right now as we speak. And we heard earlier from Lane Kiffin talking about name, image, and likeness in the transfer portal and how much he dislikes the current model. Um, here is a, a different uh, kind of mood, if you will, and vibe. So uh, Josh Heupel, uh, the head coach for the Tennessee Volunteers, he was actually asked about Texas going into the SEC in 2024 and both programs calling themselves UT. Mm-hmm. Now in the same damn conference, you got two premier programs calling themselves UT. Uh, here is his response when he asked how uh, Tennessee was going to handle that. Travis Haley with OrangeBloods.com. With Texas coming into the league now, which school has the real claim to being able to call itself UT? There's only one real UT. One right shade of orange. All right, so only one year. He, he didn't say what UT was, but I guess we're assuming mm-hmm. he's talking about the Tennessee Volunteers. I will say that right now, I think, it, nationally, when you say UT, people think Texas, but I could be in my bubble. I well, be in you bubble. also got to remember, too, he's, a, he's an Oklahoma Sooner. He is a Sooner. So he don't really care <laughs> about well, he's gonna say Texas. He's anyway, that's but right. Yeah. But he's like, yeah. I think uh, when Texas plays UT, though, they should play this up. Oh, oh my Texas goodness. plays Tennessee, excuse me. They're, they're, they're definitely going to do that. Yeah. I'm all about that. Uh, when Texas plays t- Tennessee, uh, you lowercase t, they, yeah. should, uh, they should play this up, the battle for UT. That'd be pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure they will. I, I mm. think that would be perfect. And the loser. But that is going to be and, ooh, ooh, a lot of orange up in that thing. There got to be something for the loser about the usage of UT for the year <laughs> or for something like oh, that. Oh, we over here doing side bets. <laughs> yeah, yeah we got like, you can't, you can't, like the mayor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something about the UT or maybe it's got to be lowercase for, the, for that year or something. It's got to be something on the line. You lose, you got to. If you lose the, the battle of UT, you got to go lowercase T yeah. for, the, for the year. To, to the rest of the school, to the rest of the football you gotta, season. You got to go Pedro that. Martinez. I'm your, I'm his daddy. I'm their daddy. <laughs> oh, man, you want to see fans hate players. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be too much on the line. Yeah, it's too much <laughs> on these players. Like, yeah, I know we lost. They're like, you have no idea what you lost me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Oh, they already get some of that. I'm sure of it. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. That's a little bit uh, discussion from uh, SEC Media Days. A little lighthearted fun from SEC Media Days. Uh, okay, real quick. Let's get to the pro football focus offensive line rankings. Just talked about Kelvin Banks, who's one of the best offensive linemen in the country. Um, and the Texas offensive line is being uh, are being recognized right now by Pro Football Focus. They have their offensive line rankings, and they rank the top 10 O-lines in all of college football. It's Max Chadwick, I believe, is the analyst here. He ranks Michigan number one. He's got Georgia, the Bulldogs, number two. He's got Oregon State, number three. He's got Bama, Texas opponent, in week two at number four. USC Trojans at five, at six. Notre Dame Fighting Irish, and at seven them Texas Longhorns. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he says the Longhorns, how about this? He says Longhorns are the only school on this list, on their top ten list, that returns all five starters from a year ago. Um, they said the unit did uh, score a relatively low pro football focus grade of uh, 73rd in the country, 61.6, but because it brings back all the starters and Kelvin Banks has such a high upside as a top ten tackle in the country, and Christian Jones improved uh, exponentially last season. And you're bringing back Jake Majors and Cole Hudson, Hayden Connor. And then you talked about guys like DJ Campbell behind him. And Cam Williams and Cam, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of upside just for the guys who are backing up these re- returning starters for Texas. And Texas has, I believe at this time, it's 101 career starts on the O-line. Second most in the Big 12 behind K-State, who will return 119 starts on the O-line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, why some of the players from other teams were considered first team in the Big 12. Um, when you start looking at the Texas deep offense and you look at the experience that they bring back, you went through the numbers earlier in the show. It is an impressive group, and it's the first time in a very long time that you can actually say that you have that many uh, returning players on the offensive line. And then you also bring in the depth that you have. They didn't lose anybody in the depth department either. No. So that's another uh, notch in the in the belt of Coach Sark by being able to not not only recruit well on the offensive line and defensive line for that matter, but you're also bringing in more players that continue to want to be a part of that group as well. No, I totally agree with you. Uh, that yeah, and Christian Jones is the only senior on the two deep. Yeah, they only got one senior on the two deep. It's Christian Jones. Great call. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That, that O-line, and they, they're stockpiling thanks to the Pancake Factory and Kyle Flood doing a great job of recruiting and developing these guys. Texas should have a really good O-line for years to come, leading up into the time they head to the SEC. Speaking of, shout-out to my man C.J. Vogel of Football Brainiacs. Mm-hmm. You had him on as a guest on Harsh Knock Life. He does a really good job, um, and you can follow him via Twitter. He is worth the follow if you're a Longhorn fan, a Longhorn football fan. Um, he's at C.J. Vogel uh, underscore T. TFB, TFB, the football, football brain what yeah. it stands for. Uh, so you can go check it out for yourself. Like I said, it's it's worth a follow. He put out a graphic earlier this week. Um, like I said, at his Twitter account at CJ Vogel underscore TFB, and basically it it's titled "Who Has the Beef?" and he is uh, counting up all the different players on each roster in the Big Twelve who have players who weigh at least three hundred twenty uh, uh, pounds or more. And then he kind of goes through the uh, the different numbers of players who, uh, how many players on the roster are 320 to 329 pounds, 330 to 339, 340, 349. And then he also has a category of 
teams who have players on their roster who weigh 350 pounds or more. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Texas, big humans is what Sark talks about all the time. Uh, Texas has nine big humans uh, based on this research from C.J. Vogel on their team who weigh at least 320 pounds or more. Uh, Kansas and TCU have seven. So they definitely have the big, the most big humans in the <laughs> Big 12. Oklahoma State has six. K-State with five players that weigh at least 320 pounds or more. U of H, Iowa State, Central Florida with four. Uh, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Cincinnati, BYU with three. And West Virginia with two. Baylor, this actually is probably more shocking than Texas's figure of nine players of 320 plus pounds. Baylor has zero players on their roster, according to his research, that weigh at least 320 pounds. Zero. 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 That, I, 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 I'm hoping that that is wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like he might have just not had Baylor's uh, information yet because that is ridiculous when you think about how do you not in this day and age of football? I don't know how, but that like I said, that's got to be intentional. That's deliberate. Yeah. That's that's something that's premeditated. That's that's like I said, you not only are bringing in guys who don't or are not gargantuan and don't have that type of girth, but when you bring them in a program, you put them in your nutrition program, and, and you, you put your diet, put them on a diet with your dietitian, and put them in your strength and conditioning program. They're also are streamlining these guys to get them even. You know, slimmer or yeah. even even I don't know more streamlined and getting them sleeker. I should say uh, to not have one player not three hundred twenty pounds. That's that's wild to me. And I'm looking through their roster right now. The closest I've seen, they got one guy that's three oh one that I've seen so far. One guy that's three oh eight. That's amazing. One three twelve. Wow. Okay, I see that. But I'm like, you don't have anybody pushing that kind of weight. You know what that means about their old linemen, though. And I, I, and they, I bet they they do pull a lot of offensive line. Mm-hmm. They move their old line yep. a lot, and that means you want them athletic. And if you want them athletic, that means you want them slender, and you want them to be able to move. And maybe that's why this intentionally is being done. That's it, that's an amazing stat, though. Good research by CJ Bogle. Yeah, they got a three seventeen. He right he's there. The highest one. He's on the like, cusp. Yeah, he's, he's nudging them. <laughs> um, they went to. He also looked at 350 plus pound human beings on rosters, um, and only three teams in the Big Twelve uh, can brag about that. Texas has four of those extra large human beings. Um, Iowa State has two 350 plus pound human beings, and K State has one. There yeah. you go. Um, and shout out to Nash uh, at Nash Talks Texas. He's worth the follow, too, actually. He does a really good job doing research. And Hard said, you actually uh, are, are a fan of his work, too. Nash Talk Texas, he does yeah, a good job. Yeah, in, he's into everything, too. And it's not just football. It's baseball. It's yeah. basketball. He's got great analytics to follow up on. You know I love me some damn good analytics. I know you do. Love going rabbit holing. Um, and he went rabbit holing. So he decided to take Texas and Oklahoma and put them into his graphic with all the SEC teams from 2023. And if you look at 320-plus-pound big humans uh, in the SEC, Florida, 17 such big humans, gentlemen, 320-plus pounds, 17 of them. Man, it was like a sumo wrestling convention around that joint. Crazy. <laughs> Texas A&M got 15 of them. That's a lot, too. So they got a lot of girth at there at A&M. Uh, Tennessee's got 13 320-plus-pound humans on their roster. Georgia, the defending national champions, with 10 such human beings on their roster, and then Bama, Vandy, and Texas uh, with nine, comparing them to the other SEC teams. With um, Then Auburn, Missouri at eight, Ole Miss, LSU, Mississippi State, Arkansas at seven, Kentucky at six, and South Carolina and Oklahoma with three. Oklahoma, 
Yeah, they better beef it up a little bit. Yeah, they better get it, get it ready. You better get up the beef, man. You don't want to be that light in the SEC. You don't want, you don't want like schools like Vanderbilt to be having more girth on these lines of scrimmage than you. When they compare you to Vanderbilt. They yeah, do, you had, No, I'm saying, when they compare you to Vanderbilt, you're putting yourself in a bad situation only, right now. Only man. if it's academics. Yeah, only. If it's <laughs> academics, you're like, hell yeah. No you're just like Vanderbilt are good. Other than that, I don't know if you want to be in that that, uh, that category. <laughs> yeah, 350 plus humans. Florida has seven out of their 17. 320 plus pounders or 350 plus pounds. In Texas with four. That would put them second among teams in the SEC with 350 plus pound players on their roster. Mm-hmm. Bama and Arkansas with two. Vandy, Ole Miss, and Georgia, each with one. Yep. That, where's, the, where's the beef? Where the is the beef? The SEC is where it's at. So that it, part of Sark's uh, mentality, his philosophy right now, he says it, it wasn't he wasn't necessarily constructing the roster here at Texas to go to the SEC and to adapt to that ecosystem. He said he was preparing Texas and building, constructing the roster to compete in the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. Now, it just so happens that most of the teams in the college football playoff are SEC teams. So it's kind of a win-win for Sark. He was preparing Texas to be a college football playoff com- competitive roster, uh, but also that ends up making you a SEC-style roster as well. Right. Just because, honestly, they're kind of one and the same. The SEC dominates the college football playoff. So, so why wouldn't you start looking at how do I get to that point? You know what I'm saying? And you're going to dance over there, even if you weren't. Even if you weren't going to the SEC, that's how you needed to be recruiting anyway. Now, let me ask you this. With the recruiting, would Texas be able – obviously, we know Sark can recruit – but would they be at this level of recruiting if they weren't going to the SEC? I think Texas – yeah, I think Texas could. I'm not going to say they would. It's definitely yeah. giving them a little bit of a bump. For sure. It's helped out a little bit. But For in sure. the NIL transfer portal era, I'm going to say Texas still would have been doing pretty damn good. Open Doors, who follows and tracks all these NIL transactions, mm-hmm. they say that Texas has the number one uh, NIL compensation program in the country right now. That no athletic department in the country is executing, weaponizing NIL uh, compensation for its student athletes better than Texas right now. And I think that's a big part of the recruiting, too. I mean, it's no coincidence that the Pancake Factory guarantees every scholarship offensive lineman $50,000 per season, mm-hmm. and yet you have the best offensive line haul in recruiting in the last two or three years. I don't think that's a – in the last two years, I'll say. I don't think that's a coincidence. Okay. It helps, though. Yeah, it does. You know I mean? it does. Every, in the SEC, it does help Texas, and I think it helps them recruit SEC country more than anything. Right, right now they're in Louisiana. Yeah, they're getting some. They're getting get Florida. Georgia, they're getting some Florida. Florida. They just got that kid today. Yeah, just got a big commitment today. As and where's well. he from? Florida. Okay, yeah. So I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think if anything, yes, it does help, and it's helping more in SEC country. Yeah. Okay. Uh, than it is. So you'll still be getting the guys in Texas, but no, you're right, man. It's just, it's uh, going to be a brave new world when they go to SEC, and it'd be great they can go into the SEC with a lot of confidence after winning the Big 12. DeAndre Robinson. DeAndre. 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 There you go. Uh, D-E-O-N. No, D apostrophe oh, entre. Oh, entre. It yeah. got me with the apostrophe. Yeah, got you with that. I thought you were going to go Dion, then the tray at the no, end. No, no. Now, D, it's a D. D. Entre. Entree. So it's more Deontre. There you go. More than Deontre. Deontre. Deontre is the D-O-N. Hey, what's your name? Oh, it's Deontre. I'm, I'm you know, Deontre. Yeah. You know what his brother's name is? Oh, no. Deappetizer. 
Oh okay. <laughs> I knew it. Dad, dad joke, joke and he's not even a hey, Come on. You know I'm going to use Travis that one tonight. can do it all. Yeah. can do it all. <laughs> well done. That's pretty good. That is really uh, okay. good. We come back. Uh, actually, can't, we're going to play this sound from uh, Dominique Foxworth when we come back yeah. because I think it's worth replaying. We've been talking about the running back market and how depressed it is, and nobody seems to have solutions for how to fix the problem. Everybody is throwing out you know, the observations about what's going on with the running back market. The best solution I've heard comes from a former teammate of mine, Dominique Foxworth. He used to work with the NFL Players Association. This is a brilliant solution to help out the running back. Still may have to wait to the CBA to you know, kind of re, uh, re-litigate things with the CBA um, as it relates to running backs, but this is a money idea. So we'll play that. Also, we'll uh, revisit Astros, Rangers, talk about uh, both of those teams getting a win yesterday as well. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick the Idillionaire, he takes jams from, uh, you know, actually from well, actually inspired for some reason or another. We don't actually know how and what my man Patrick is thinking, but the clues are in the songs and they're supposed to give us uh, the actual clues and hints that lead us to the new theme of New Theme Thursday and this New Theme Thursday is all about a dedication to Chris Cornell. It would have been Chris Cornell's birthday, one of the greatest rock singers of our time. That's what I learned today. And this right here, uh, he's playing with Santana on this track, doing a cover of Led Zeppelin. Also Santana's birthday today. What? So I had to throw a little Santana love in there with Chris Cornell. Mix it all together. Okay, now I got some Santana on my phone. All right. right. I'm a big fan of Santana. I like that. That's pretty good. I think I got that. You definitely do. Oh, yeah. You definitely it was probably it. on the greatest hits. Uh, it could have been on the greatest. Yeah. Could have been yeah. on the greatest. Oh, one of those essentials. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, that's legit. There, man. Yeah. There you go. All and, right. And the other person whose birthday is today, who I know you have on your phone, who it's also DJ Screw's birthday. Oh, the late great DJ Screw. I am a I am a Screwhead mm-hmm. from Screwston officially. Uh, yeah, uh, I didn't know that actually. Yeah, people always think June twenty seventh is DJ Screw's birthday when it's not June twenty seventh. No. That's just the name of the famous freestyle rap that popularized the uh, the screwed up click, the SUC. Um, mm-hmm. I can talk DJ Screw all day. Love me some DJ Screw. All right. Anyway, getting back to it. Uh, also, I love running backs, but. The NFL does not. Uh, the NFL, we've t- talking about it, now, a lot of discussion now uh, in NFL circles about the running back position and how depressed the running back market is. Running backs making less than kickers on average. Uh, the the uh, franchise tag value of the running back position has dropped in the last eight years in every other position. It has increased. You know all of these. You know all these stats. We've been sharing them with you for the last couple of days discussing how depressed the running back market is. Uh, but we haven't had many ideas to help the running back and their costs in the NFL and how do they try to reverse this trend, reset the market? What do you do? Well, Dominique Foxworth, who used to work uh, with the NFL Players Association, several different positions. He was never the president, I don't think, but he did have several different high-level 
uh, positions within the NFL Players Association. And he had a great idea on his podcast of how to fix the running back market. And he actually brought up something I didn't even know existed. So we'll all learn something new from Dominic. Here it is. So how do you solve this problem, you ask? You didn't ask that, but I know you were thinking it. I am. (laughs) All right. So there's a pool of money that I don't think many people know about called the performance-based pay pool. I had never heard of this until 20 minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah. So performance-based pay pool is a lump sum of money that the league has set aside to compensate players who have outperformed their contract. And what tends to happen is it's a player who's a late-round draft pick or something. It's a bunch of players who are late-round draft picks who ends up playing a lot of downs, and they end up getting big checks. I was that guy when I played for the Broncos. I was a third-round pick, a rookie. I ended up playing so much that my performance-based pay was higher than my actual salary. So I got one check that was higher than the whole salary I had all year. So obviously, since I benefited from it and lots of players like that deserve to benefit from it, my argument is not that we should take that away from them, but that pool is $336 million. Crazy. In 2019, it was $230 million. It's continuing to grow. I think that they should set aside a portion of it that is designated for running backs or at least there should be some benchmarks that you have to reach over the course of a couple of years, maybe even three years. If you meet these performance benchmarks and these playtime benchmarks, then you unlock this performance-based pay bonus that is only play- payable to running backs who've reached these benchmarks. All right, so his idea, which I think is a great idea, is essentially use this performance-based pay pool, um, this lump sum of money, and somehow, and I imagine you have to change the language in the CBA, kind of uh, relitigate that issue. But yeah, make it a performance-based or incentive-based uh, structure for the running backs. And within a certain time frame, if they reach these limits or at least these thresholds, uh, these statistical uh, thresholds in whatever criteria they set, then you can get some extra pay. The problem running backs is they peak too early. Um, based on the new CBA and everything happens, basically all most running backs are peaking during their rookie year. They're peaking during their rookie, not rookie year, but rookie contract, I should say. Top 12 running backs in yards per carry last season, eight on rookie contracts. And that's now what they have to try to figure out is how can they really kind of front load some of the money for the running backs the part in terms of career earnings right front loaded for them and let them get it earlier than they're like you know that they're getting it right now because right now they're not getting it because they're not getting to the second contract because the nfl is suppressing their wages so much so let me, so do you think that's why Bijan's contract was set up the way that it is? That's why he's making thirteen million dollars this year. He's making thirteen million dollars because he was drafted high, who's right, eighth right, overall, right? Because right? right. it, it, the draft is slotted after the rookie weight scale. Everything Just like is baseball. Yes, everything yep. is slotted, but they can um, change it. And it, it could. It yep. increases every year, but it is slotted in a rookie weight scale, so that determines where what you are paid, not necessarily your position. Now he's going to be paid based on productivity and his position, and that's going to drop his value immensely, which is why I was saying, and Patrick agreed as well, and Patrick brought up the Zeke argument, that's the, Bijan needs to take the Zeke blueprint, yep. Yep. and he needs to start asking for money right after his second year. He needs to, start, yeah. he needs to skip the line and go get paid, because he's going to have his best years as a running back, arguably, 
in his rookie during his rookie yeah, contract. Yeah, yeah first two years. He's going to be the best running back in the league this year and next year, and he needs to start playing hardball after this year and next year because if he waits until after his rookie contract is done or he waits until like kind of the customary way of doing things, they're going to franchise tag. Yeah. And then they're going to franchise tag you again. And the franchise tag and they're going to let you walk. Yeah, because the franchise tag is a great bargain for mm-hmm. the for the NFL, especially at running back because the tag value is dropping. It's getting cheaper. Yeah. To franchise tag a running back. It's at 10 million now. It was at 11 million in 20 what, 2015? Yeah, it was yeah, it's going backwards. It could easily be at like 8 by the time Bijan's uh, up. I mean, Derrick Henry is one of the highest paid. His contract ends this year, I believe. So that which takes is why another, he was trying to get more money. At which one way, point. But yeah, yep. anybody Austin Eckler's contract ends. He yep. went, like anyone who's in, in remotely well paid, if their salary drops and then it lowers the number in the, yeah. the franchise so tag, percentage of the top based players. on the top players. Yeah. So basically, I don't know. I got to look up how many years Christian McCaffrey has left. But that's your last hope. Once Christian McCaffrey's contract is over, mm. that franchise tag is going to drop yeah. exponentially. I mean. yeah. Now you're right yeah, about that. He's, sure. he's the highest paid right now. Is sixteen. Um, points, whatever, and then Bijan will probably the highest paid, or at least up there, right? If, yeah. if Christian McCaffrey's off the books, it'll be Bijan. So, B, yeah, because he's number two right now behind Bijan, so it will be. Um, yeah. So I do. I like that idea from Dominique Foxworth, but just overall, Bijan Robinson will have a lot to say about resetting the market because he's going to have to be run the running backs that does it. If he doesn't, he's going to end up getting more and more devalued too. Now he's got. The versatile skill set, so he'll be more in the Christian McCaffrey or the Alvin Kamara neighborhood. So he may be an outlier, but in terms of helping the running back position overall, trying to reset it, he'll do no good for the running back market right. if he doesn't try to play some type of hardball. And I maybe, think all the running backs. That's why. That's why Saquon's doing it. That's why um, Josh Jacobs. That's why Tony Pollard. The three backs that are talking about it the most. Those are the ones that actually mm-hmm. need to continue to fight as hard as you possibly can for those future running backs or else, like Derrick Henry said, let's just change it to something else. Don't be running backs. Yeah, you're right. And then Texas, right. You got Jameer Gibbs, who's also yep. a first-round pick, so he'll be part of the discussion too. It's like those guys will yep. have to really you know, fight, try, try fight, to, yeah, fight to reset it for the younger guys who are coming behind them. So we'll As see I told you with the baseball strike, there was a reason why they did it, and it's for guys like that to be able to pay or get paid their worth. And you got to make sure that you have your people fighting for you. The Players Association, I think that's why, if you go back and look mm-hmm. at that 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 uh, interview, a lot of people are saying he needs to be in charge of the Players Association. Who, Dominique Foxworth? Yeah. He, he he well they they're yeah. familiar with him. He was he yeah. was a high level member of it for years. Right. Like representing. He needs the to come back to be your representation. He's uh he's he's very smart, obviously. Very and seems to former know former teammate of yours. Yeah, former teammate seems to know what he's talking about. I love that idea though. That's a great idea. We need something to help out the running backs. They mm-hmm. just like I said, they they're as guys know, it's always a bad thing to peak too early um, in a lot of different situations. But right. for running backs, it's really mm-hmm. bad in this situation because they're peaking during their rookie year, rookie deals. And that's when the NFL has the most available tools available to them to suppress your salary and suppress your wages. Right. They got the franchise tag. It's a rookie wage scale. You're, that's when you're at your cheapest to the team. Mm-hmm. You're a bargain for them during those years. And those are the best years for the, for the running back. And they don't even see the second contract. So yeah, and if you outperform it, it comes out of a pool, not the yeah. The team that had the rights. Good point. Yep. He doesn't grant anything about that either. Which the outper the the performance pay base bones. I guarantee a lot of those are running backs. 
because they always outperform their deal. Think about well, Pacheco. Because they're, and, they're six, seven year, yeah. six, seventh round picks, Undrafted. and they'd be like, I, I started 14 games as a six round pick. Yeah. That Pacheco's check might have been that fat. Yeah. Because he said it was. It had to be. Ooh. And, and, and you get, That's why Pacheco talk about I'm coming off of my injury right now. I'm going to take it easy. <laughs> Got a little bit of bread and last And you get time. that playoff money. Yep. He be in that playoff money. That's oh, like time goodness. and a half in the league. Ooh. Ooh paid overtime. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's good stuff. All right. We'll come <laughs> back. We'll uh, wrap it up. Put it in the oven. Let you know what's on tap right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to. Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash you? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's that is- All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Getting ready to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven. If you missed any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. All right, gentlemen, uh, Harge, what's on tap for you tonight? I truly have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I really, truly have no idea what's on top for your boy great. tonight. That is fantastic. I, I like that kind of feeling, though. Hey, you know what? That I means I can good. go with the flow. You can go with the flow. Yeah, I can see what's style. happening and see what's going on. I'll be able to tell you about it tomorrow. I'll be like, hey, you know what I did last oh, night? Oh, man. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Put my feet up? Yeah. I'm going to watch some baseball. Let's just say that. I will watch baseball, but oh. it doesn't matter. I'm just going to be flipping. That's great. You do get yeah. uh, Astros versus A's tonight, I believe, at 840. And I have so the channel, so I'll be able to watch it. There there oh, man. That's good. You even got yeah. Chan laughing over here. <laughs> Shout out to my man, Chan. All right. What's on tap for you, Patrick? Uh, last Insincerious. Oh, you final oh Insincerious. man. Last Insincerious. At least for the time being, we may go to something digital in the future, oh, but uh, Insincerious on 104.9 ends tonight. Wow. Uh, so we'll try and figure out things to talk about. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure say. you'll find something. Man, last Insincerious. Yep. All right, I'll be talking in for that one. Um, actually, uh, real quick, before I get to what's on tap, uh, speaks is Patrick talking about the last Insincerious. I know they put out there won't be Longhorn Blitz on 104.9, but Longhorn Blitz, the podcast I do with my man Jeff Howe and Matt Buller, will continue. No doubt. Um, we're just going to be doing it, obviously. Uh, on our own, you got and, the horn app. They uh, said that's still gonna be there. The so. horn app will still yeah, be there. So you might be able to uh, throw it on there. The, I don't know if the blitz is gonna have a home, so I'm just kind of right. throwing it out there. It will be it, this, the blitz goes on. We just don't know if it, it'll have a home with the new, yeah. you know, construction of things. Gotcha. So, uh, but yes, everybody out there, don't worry. The Longhorn Blitz podcast with football season coming up, it ain't going nowhere. Yep. I need the Longhorn Blitz. We need the yeah, Longhorn Blitz. My wife does not want to hear me yell and scream about Coach Stevens. <laughs> she don't want. She does not want to hear that stuff. I got to yeah. get that stuff off my chest, and I got to do, do it somewhere, and that's what Longhorn Blitz is all about. All right, tonight I'm watching um, a show, Idris Elba's uh, in it, uh, called Hijack. You okay. this? No, I've heard Hijack of it. Hijack yeah, on I've Apple. Seen it. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not okay. bad. All right. So I'm watching that right now. Um, also, uh, man, what was the other show that I was uh, watching? That it's was supposed to be quarterback. I, I'm going to binge it. I'm going to binge it this weekend. Okay. I want to binge it. I don't want to watch it piecemeal. Right. It's only five episodes, right? No, it's eight. Oh, it's eight? I can yeah. binge it over yeah. the weekend. But it's all good. 
Yeah. I saw one clip where Patrick Mahomes admitted to Jalen Hurts that he Airbnb'd his place for the Super Bowl three months before. So Because it was a cheaper deal. Because it was cheaper. Yeah. Because he was like, I'm going, so I might as well get a good deal. Yeah. Damn. I wonder if it was Cliff Kingsbury's house. <laughs> Dude, that house was clean. Yeah, it was. It's a nice crib there, yeah, man. All right, you want to make sure you check out Instant Serious, the last Instant Serious for now. My man, Patrick Davis. Uh, I want to thank all you guys out there for your participation. Remember, the revolution will not be televised. We'll be talking about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves, but more importantly, take care of each other. Peace.